Welcome to Welling for your spiritual health and growth. What's your life about? That's the series which captures our imagination, evokes wonder, but calls us to practice. The more weight God has in your life, the more great He looks through your life. That is the anchor around which we are framing the entire series from the book of the Psalms, Psalm 8. Mission to whom is what we considered last time. This time it's mission for whom. To whom does the glory go, but for whom do we live? the life of glory. What's your life about? Why is to make God look great, but which is the God we are talking about? There are many, many gods that people claim in my birthland. There are over 330 million gods in history. But for whom is this glory due? I'm calling this the glory rhetoric. The word rhetoric in communication, we use it simply as a positive way in effective presentation. It can of course be taken negatively where people, for the sake of impressing the audience, they lack sincerity. There's no meaningful content, but not in the case of this glory rhetoric. One of the effective rhetorical techniques is called epideuxis. It's a repetition of a word for the sake of emphasis. That's how the psalm begins to clarify for whom this glory is reserved. This glory is reserved for only one alone. For whom? It is the foundational truth of all existence is the one which is going to act as a plumb line to which we must adjust, never adjust to us. It is the standard, the ruler, by which we are grounded and we are measured. Mission glory for whom? Not to some unnameable abstract principle or an idea but to a specific person who names himself throughout the Old Testament and bears that name in the New Testament by which we all must be saved. For whom? He receives this action of glory. Here's a rhetorical device. At the very beginning of the psalm, verse 1, and at the very end of the psalm, We have a double name for God. O Lord, our Lord. Identified as the person who receives the object of your glory. For whom is your blood still pumping in your veins? For whom is your heart still pumping in your chest? For whom? I'm sure you've heard or read of the initials SDG. Uh, I'm not talking about the sustainable developmental goals of the United Nations, but in theology, from Latin, 
it stands a solid day of Gloria for God's glory alone. O Lord, the recognition of this Lord is critical for both effect and impact, for both meaning and significance. He is the super Lord, the double Lord, the Lord of Lords. There is no deficiency to this rhetoric. The psalmist, the king, who is very credible in this character, says to you in logos, in textual argument, that he is the reference point from which everything flows in terms of the human race. That our attempts to describe God and define God are all deficient. We can talk about him in particular ways in God language. He is capital L-O-R-D, all caps. And the second word, capital L, small O-R-D, sets the tone for the psalm, but it sets the tone for our existence. The first word, L-O-R-D in caps, talks about the covenant national name for God. But the second word, L-O-R-D, talks about his global name. This God who creates all, who sustains all, who rules all. This Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. They relate to God's perfections. Glory, Lord, Lord, double Lord. Not a negative rhetoric, but for persuasive effect. It's not easy to understand God's glory because we're nowhere close to it. We share a little bit about glory when somebody gives us compliments. But here's some biblical guidance in a theology of glory because only he is glorious in the sense. Glory in the Bible connects with presence when a person walks in the room and everybody looks at him or pays attention to him. We call that presence. And in the Bible, glory addresses God's presence. The manifest presence of God, sometimes called Shekinah, when He shows up, everybody pays attention. Glory is also exchangeable with light, sheer brightness of light. In Revelation 21, it says the glory of God is its light in that final city of New Jerusalem. Glory also parallels holiness. Many of you are aware that's what happened when Isaiah went into the temple and along with the angels, he acknowledges in the great Trisagion, holy, holy, holy. And he finishes it out says, the whole earth is full of his glory. And then of course, glory equals power. Creation around which the psalm is constructed is a reflection of his power, which brings him glory. That power is seen in his providence and circumstance, in history, in conscience, and then in the special revelation of God in his Son, where presence and light and holiness 
and wait all come together. No wonder. Mary, the virgin, on whom the power of God came in order to give birth to the Lord Jesus. In her Magnificat says, my soul glorifies the Lord. Lord, Lord. That is a positive rhetoric. He imprints us with the very reason for our existence and the person for whom we live. SDG for God's glory.